With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. John? Hello. Oh, dude, thank you for coming on the show, man. No problem, man. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, dude, you don't have to thank me, dude. Like, <laughs> I've been... So, I... John, do you... Do you know who I am as a shooter? Like, I'm Wendell Souza. Have you heard of me before? Yeah, I've seen you at shoots and saw your name all over the place. And, yeah, so, man, I, I I've seen we formally introduced each other. but Exactly, I definitely... dude. I feel like I've, I have yet to meet you, but you've been around the sport. You've been around these shoots that I've been around. And it wasn't until I started looking for your name that I found your name all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, I go. Yeah, I just I kind of do the same shoots each year in in, in California, you know. Uh huh. Um, I do travel a little bit, um, not too much, especially lately. But, but I did the typical, you know, Isabella Lake Isabella Kern River when that was around. Um, uh huh. Sad, sad to see that one go, but uh, for um, Redding here and there, I've I've only shot Redding about three or four times over the years, but really, um, def- yeah. Dude. Um, okay, so John, I just before. Okay, so a bunch of people in Northern California, at least new guys, new archers, are not going to know who you are. But let's frame it here. I want to tell everyone like, you kicked ass at the Fresno Safari this year. Would you agree? I've had some good days there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, you're the one, the humble, humble guys. Uh, yeah. You came yeah. in second only to Blake Jerome. You stomped. All of us, all all the rest of us. Yeah, Blake's a beast, man. He only dropped two. I, I just, dude, you only he, you only dropped six though. Yeah, I had I had a good weekend. Um, I, I, well, the last few years before this year, I I had some target panic, and I still have a little taste of it here and there. But I've I've kind of gotten over the hump, and you know, prior to those those two years, uh. You know, I was shooting pretty good. Um, I would say, okay, so when I was talking to Rudy Sandoval about you, um, I was telling him, like, okay, I'm relatively new to archery. Like, compared to all you guys, how long have you been shooting for, John? I'd imagine 10 plus years. Oh, yeah, I'm old man. Yeah. Nonsense. (laughs) Without that. But (laughs) I've only been shooting for, like, five years. So, yeah. I don't well, know you guys. I don't know a lot of these kind of like uh, California legend guys. And Rudy was telling me that there was a time where you pretty much won. Like he said, if I look through the CBH uh, scores and stuff, I'll see your name all over the place. And, and yeah. like, what else have you won uh, for CBH and like SAA or just any events? Um, CBH, uh, the state shoots of, I I've pretty much won each of them, um, minus the the broadhead. I've I've actually never shot the broadhead. Um, I'm not a big unmarked guy, although lately I've been dabbling a little more and more into it, just because that's kind of taken over the whole sport, right? There's way more of that going on than than marked dots. True. Um, 
you know, Safari, you know, marked orange dots is my, my first passion. You know, I love that. That's my, my hell yeah. One. And hell then, yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree hunt- with you. Yeah. And then a hunter round would be my, you know, my go-to target. If you gave me one target for the rest <laughs> of my life, you know, yeah, me too, man. Um, yeah, I love that target. So I practice a lot on that. So, so I seek out, you know, Mark, Mark two arrow shoots. Um, but, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've won the indoor. I don't, I don't know, two times, four times. I don't know. Um, wow. the, uh, the state field, the, the sectional, you know, I, I've kind of, kind of a little bit of everything, you know, at least once. <laughs> That's you know? so cool, man. Yeah. Uh, I had to wait for the real legends to retire, you know, before I could <laughs> win them, but well, you know, so, well, I guess that's, that's something to be like said about like the guys. Now, if you look at some of the guys that win CBH or SA, you know, the, the state, um, if you see some of the guys in the pro class that win in the state now, like some of the times they'll have lower scores than like the, the amateur shooters now. Right. And it used to not be that way. The thing that me and Rudy were talking about, one thing that Rudy had to say that was very highly of you was that he was like, that shit didn't exist when John Weaver was in the shooting pro class all the time. You would see his name at the top of pro class. He'd be the only pro, but his score would beat everybody's. And I have to ask Rudy how much I owe him for saying those <laughs> things. <you know? laughs> but I mean, it's I mean, it's true. I I was looking over the scores and, dude, like the the main reason why I wanted to interview John is for the the state nine hundred. I've been trying to give people tips about the nine hundred, and you set the state record shooting only two down for right. the nine hundred. Do you, can you tell us? Do you still like have it pretty clear uh, what that day was like? Yeah, um, I couldn't tell you what year it was. I, I know it's been a while, or it feels like it's been a while. Um, uh-huh. But uh, I kind of went there just, you know, I did. I do practice for that that kind of stuff a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, I just basically buy a target um, and put it out at sixty yards and just go and you know try and tighten my groups up. And mm-hmm. you know, I went there that day, and and normally our our southern state scores are. Are you, we usually get our butts handed to us just because normally it's at a Ranko down here, which is a nice range, um, except we're always dealing with wind. You know? Right. It's, you know, in the morning it's fine, but by the time you get to the last, the, the last ends, even on a, on a state field or a sectional or whatever, the winds are blowing, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 mile an hour, you know, it's, <laughs> so, so normally we get our butts handed to us, but, um, but that day was just nice, and I went there basically not expecting anything because all my buddies kind of bailed on me. So <laughs> I, I kind of felt like I was there by myself. I mean, there was a bunch of other people there, but uh-huh. um, you, know, you kind of plan to go with this buddy or that buddy, and right. that didn't work out. So I just kind of went down by myself, and, and I wasn't expecting too much. And, uh, you know, the first end at 60 – I forget. Do you shoot five arrows at a time or six arrows at a time? Uh, I, I can't. I, ever, I think it's five. It's only been like a, a couple of years since I've done this. And for some reason, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah five or six. Yeah. Yeah. I just do what they tell me when I get there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, on the first end at 60, I, I, I dropped, you know, I shot one nine and I was like, man, it's going to be one of those days kind of things. And then dude, I, after that, I did not miss until, uh, 
my very first arrow at 40 yards was my other miss. And I, I, I was just, you know, right as it, it, it left the bow or prior to, I got a little wind that blew me off to about three o'clock side and missed by, you know, I don't know. It missed. It doesn't matter how far it missed, but, um, I was kind of disappointed. And here's the other kicker is I didn't even know what the record was. Wow. (laughs) After I, after I shot my last arrow, um, you know, there was people watching and, you know, you know, how the people around you kind of know how you're doing. Yes. You can get a feel for, you know, somebody who's shooting well, or, um, after I shot my last arrow, there was some, some guys there that said, Hey, um, how many did you drop? And I said, I think I only two. And they said, I think, I think that's the record. And I, I said, Oh, really? <laughs> you know, and then <laughs> I looked it up and sure enough, Chris Oosterlink, who is a legend. Yes. Um, he shot an eight ninety eight, but I think I got him by on X's, but he's in the pro class on that or something, isn't he? And I'm on the amateur or something. So it still shows him as a, yeah. the pro record holders i just like looked I, I don't even know i just looked for the records because i'm like i want to i want to figure out how to do this and uh your name was the name i saw and i was like john weaver is like is that the guy that whooped our asses in fresno <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i don't know about that but i was in fresno i shot well this year i was pretty happy with oh you shot fresno. really well i mean yeah. I mean, Fresno's got some targets that are tough. That, that safari, it's got some, right. it's got some easies, but it's got some tough ones, and it's got the you know the the long shot on the elephant. You know, there's wind. There's all, all kinds of stuff. That is a yeah. that's a killer course. Yeah, I love that place. See, I, that's that's one of my favorite courses in in the state for sure. I love all the shooters it brings out because we get to we get to shoot like the Northern California guys get to shoot. With, you know, there's guys like you, we get to see Aaron Hall, we get to see, you know, just a bunch of these. I was saying like early on, um, like when I first started shooting, Aaron Hall was this guy that I met. I, I was shot under Emerson and Emerson, me and him during an outlaw got to meet Aaron Hall. And I just fanboyed out over Aaron like crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's a great shooter. Me and him have kind of gone back and forth over the years. Yeah. Um, I'm not shooting like on these state shoots, you know, it, it seemed like, uh, his name was always right there at the top and I can imagine. You know, uh, yeah, he's, he's always been a really good, really good shot still. Um, yeah. So now I get to, now I kind of fanboy out about guys like you, Mark Rubio, uh, these names that are around all the time, but I don't know. I feel like you guys don't get the, well, maybe you do get the attention, <laughs> but not from like, the Bay in the Bay Area, we're kind of like you know San Francisco Bay Area. We're in this little bubble, and right. we all think we know you know who good shooters are, and we don't even know like the the college teams around here. If you ever go to like a USAT or like indoor nationals, the uh, college teams suck. They suck at yeah. archery, but they <laughs> right. think they are the shit. And I'm like, you guys don't even know what's out here. And I I, I kind of just want. Like the whole point of this podcast is wanting to teach everyone how to get better using guys like you, you know, to, right. to tell us how, and the other is to kind of expose everyone to like, I don't know, like these other guys. Like I, I try to tell people there's like pros and legends in our backyard and we don't even know it. You know, it's, it's like, right. it's a really weird thing in this sport. 
Yeah. I mean, that, I, that's what I have to basically attribute most of my success to is the guys that came before me, you know, the Danny Quintana, I don't know if you know that name and, and Steve Wagner, uh-huh. those guys, those guys taught me so much stuff, you know, and, and I looked up to them and I chased and chased and chased and they, they were just unbeatable, you know, uh-huh. um, Steve Wagner, I mean, you look that name up in the record books in all different styles. And I mean, he was the best, uh, bow hunter freestyle guy in the state, in my opinion, for years and years. I mean, he's just a, a natural talent, you know, and he, he was nice enough to kind of take me under my wing, but kind of that, 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 uh, tough love kind of teaching you you know of, of giving you just enough but but making you figure out the, the last little bit on your own you know? yeah. i'll um, teach you enough to make this match entertaining for me yeah yeah <laughs> you know but but i mean that was probably the best thing he could have ever done for me because it, it made me learn you know and yeah and, and the thing is is i mean we're only a couple of years apart in age you know so it wasn't like he was some old man teaching me you know he's right you know we're basically the same age and uh you know, same thing with Danny Quintana. He, I mean, Danny was, in my opinion, one of the best shooters in the world. Point, you know, uh-huh. um, and and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and and just a, a just a true talent that that would help you. And and like I say, I'd just chase those guys and just suck up anything that they would they were willing to give me. And you know, as far as information on on everything from from equipment to to uh, your form, to, I mean, anything, you know, you're just a sponge to that kind of stuff. And, you know, as soon as you start thinking you're great, that's when you kind of close your mind off to, (laughs) To, you know, listening and learning from those guys. To good information, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely what I owe my success to, you know, is, is the guys that came before me that. Yeah. I would, I feel the same way. I've, I've always attributed my success to the guy that took me under his wing and I guess he owes, you know, if you ask him, he'd owe it to the guys above him. It's kind of like a, I always think of it as like a jujitsu lineage, you know, like all the Gracie's Uh are like, they're always honoring the guy they got their black belt from. And it always goes back to the first jujitsu guy. Yeah. Right. It's so true. I mean, if if you want to figure it all out on your own, I mean, it's going to take way longer for one. (laughs) Yeah. And, you're not going to figure it all out. I mean, how much you're going to miss, you know? Exactly. So, or you'll be shooting good with a really fuckered up form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Hey, you got to luck into a lot of things, you know? And yeah. Shoot. So, yeah. John, did you, uh, did you end up going pro at some time, at some point? Are you pro? I did. Are you in the pro class yeah. now? No. Um, I kind of just show up and shoot, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I went through the whole you know, sponsorships and all that. And I still get help from, you know, gold tips been really good to me. PSE. I can't stand up good things about them. I mean, I love them, the people, the brand, everything. Um, but now I just kind of show up and have fun. You know, I don't, I mean, I love to come and shoot money shoots. Like in Fresno, we did shoot the money division with, with my, my best buddy, Corey is my, uh, my outlaw partner, but, we are not very good as a team. <laughs> we don't we don't help each other out at all. But... It's hard. That whole ham and egg thing is fucking yeah, hard. We 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 are not good at that. That's and he would agree, you know. Um, but I just kind of just kind of show up and shoot, man. Just just have fun with it, you know. And that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I I don't. The only time I join 
and some people look down on this, but the only time I join like an NFA or a CBH or something like that is if a, a, a tournament I want to go to requires it, you know, like right. Reading this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, I right. like say some people might frown upon that, but no, I get it. I, I'm in the exact same boat right now. Like I've done the, I was in the pro class, but I never made it to that level of, you know, having a bow sponsor or an arrow sponsor. Um, I did really good at some nationals and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go pro. And then I shot in the pro class in Vegas and Reading, And I was like, Oh man, I didn't even have to join the pro class to do this because it's open. But right. like, like I totally understand where you're coming from at the same time. Right. Yeah. I, I did shoot the pro class or, or the championship in Vegas every year mm-hmm. for shoot. I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. I, you know, I've been shooting it for over 20 years. Um, until they raised the price to 500 bucks. That's stupid. What, about four years ago or something like that? Three, yeah. four, five years ago. Um, and so I just went to the back to the flights division because I, I've i never shot a 900 there, you know. So I figured, well, until I get really close to a 900 or a 900, I mean, why why spend that kind of money, you know. Right. So I, I just – stay on the flights and the last time i was able to shoot it was three years ago now mm-hmm. and i won the second flight so awesome you know i was still 35 guys away or whatever from from a high you know from even in my mind being in the championship class, right you know? that i know so, what you're saying first flight would be like the qual in my mind would be like your own personal qualifier to get to championship yeah, like I said, I've I've shot eight ninety eights there, um, but I I don't know if you shot Vegas, but it's just a different. I mean, it just messes with your head, and I just haven't yeah. figured that out to where, you know, I can shoot good rounds at home, no problem. Um, I don't want to say no problem. I mean, you definitely <laughs> have to focus and you know, um, be uh, be on your game, but um, but yeah, I mean, I can shoot locally, I can shoot clean scores, but you get to Vegas and. I just haven't been able to put three clean scores together. So I figured, why am I shooting championship for this, this inflated price? So hey, you're talking to a guy who knows it all too well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And I went to, uh, what is it? Is it indoor nationals in Kentucky? We shoot the five spot. Yeah. And uh, I went there. I went there twice. I think I shot the the amateur division the first time, and actually, we uh, made the first bail um, for the second day. and And Blake was right there on the first bail with me. I don't know if he remembers that or not. That's probably been shoot six, eight years ago now. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Damn. Um, that Blake's is cool. another guy who I haven't really formally met. You know, I uh-huh. see him here and there at different shoots, and um, but. I don't think we've ever right. Well, in Fresno, I guess when we were getting our our checks, I shook his hand <laughs> and told him good job. But other than that, we've never really, you know, had a conversation or you know, ended up on the same you know target or something to to spend the day together or anything like that. It's never happened. So, but yeah, he's been around for a long time shooting really good scores. Damn, damn that I don't know. It's that's cool. That's cool. I know uh, I've done Cincinnati, but. I, I didn't I didn't make it first bail and man that's uh that's something that you guys have uh kind of like 
I don't want to say gone head to head because in Cincinnati there's so many people, but you guys have, uh, you know, met before. Blake's super. Uh, it seems like he's super in the zone at these events, so it's like it's rare to get to talk yeah. to him. Right. But, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. When you invited me, I went and kind of listened to your um, that particular podcast or part of it when you were talking to him and. And he seems so lively and, you know, right. Seems like a whole different dude. And it seems like a whole different time, guy. All right. Every time I see to see him, I, it, it seems like he's like you say in the zone and just kind of focused. He's out for um, blood is what it is. Yeah. He's yeah, trying to, he, he's he getting rid of this. <laughs> he's yeah. really trying to stomp on some ass out there. Yeah. What it is. But, uh, Fresno, man, he, he, he put us all to shame up there that this year. He, yeah. But Hey, you know, I mean, you were right behind him. And, I was trying, man. I was trying. I mean, but... the the next score behind you was three points behind you. It's not even like, it's not even like someone was a point behind you or he's tying you. You know what I mean? Like you have a pretty dominant second place there. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it, it was a good, it was a good weekend, man, for sure. I felt really good, <laughs> dude. You yeah. guys, dude, you <laughs> you fucking good shooters. There's one thing that I noticed: really good shooters are hella. They're super humble. Oh, yeah, it was a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys cracked. I'm sure you cracked a beer after that day, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, man. We we went and had some pizza and just let her hair down, you know. That's awesome. But, so, but this is how good me and Corey are as a team. I was down uh, six for the weekend. And I think we were down five as a team. So <laughs> that's that's how great we are together. So. <laughs> oh, hey, I know. I know that you know what's so weird about the, the concept of a ham and egging is like if I can make a shot at will, I would make every single shot. It wouldn't even be, I, you know what I mean? It, right. it would just be ham and hamming the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. But we just love shooting, and we we like shooting together so much that who cares, man? We go and have fun and see all the guys, and you know, a lot of guys and friends that that's the only time you see them is it shoots, you know. So yeah, well, I that's love it. that's really cool, John. You were saying that, um, like I'm I'm gonna eventually like force this conversation back to a 900, but you were saying that you had target panic and that you. Are, have kind of worked it out or smoothed it out uh are you shooting uh what kind of release are you shooting i shoot the scott ascent um is that a yeah. is that um a thumb button release no that's a hinge it's a, it's that, a hinge that's yeah, the hinge has, that you can adjust you have there's two moons on it and you can moons. adjust the the clicks right yep exactly how, how do you have that set? do you shoot a click really fast <laughs> yeah. so you have to set uh, like to click and then fire like right away it's pretty short between click to fire yeah right. um i don't know what what i know i had a the true ball um hbc uh-huh. and you can change that sear and i forget one was like a ten thousandth and one was like a twenty thousandth or something yeah. like that you know? uh-huh and I put I would put the faster one in that, which I want to say is like a ten thousandth, whichever one's the faster. Um, and that's about how I have the Scott set up from click to fire. Uh-huh. Um, prior to getting target panic, uh, like I say, probably about three years ago, I shot a Carter Target Four, which is a thumb button for man. I I actually shot it so long I have one that was called a BK Target. Um, I've owned is, one of those. 
which was named after Dave Stepp, who was a legendary 3D shooter from, I mean, he still shoots and his son shoots and they're great shots and own an archery shop in Prescott, Arizona, but all that. But I mean, that was back probably 30 years ago. They made that release with his name on it, BK. Big Kid was his nickname. That's what BK stands for. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so I shot that thing forever. You know, and they changed the name to Target 4 somewhere down the line. So uh-huh. I have a collection of those. But once I got the Target pan, I basically handed them all to my wife and said, go hide these. Um, <laughs> and, and bought a back tension and made myself shoot it. Uh-huh. I hated it. I was miserable. I didn't want to be shooting. I wanted to shoot a thumb button because that's what I was comfortable and mm-hmm. you know, that's what I I had shot good scores with and and now I'm out here yanking the trigger and you know, just freaking out and <laughs> barely hitting the dang bell, and, you know. And it was rough. It it was rough and it and it wasn't it wasn't something that I I was able to to fix right away. Like it probably took me about 2 years um, and this year I actually feel like I've, I've got it under control. So you're feeling really, um, comfortable with the hinge now. Oh yeah. I wouldn't, I, you can have all these thumb triggers now, you know, it's, <laughs> I got a pile of them and I have no desire to even pick it up to see what it might be like, you know, oh, I that's absolutely cool. love shooting a hinge. Um, I'm not a surprise shooter. I know mm-hmm. when the hinge is going to go off. So I guess that, that could be a form of uh, a, of target panic in itself, but um, right. Are you getting it, when you get your release to go? Is it? Uh, are you getting it to go with like your bow hand pushing, or is it you know your release hand pulling, or is it a combination of the two? I basically pull my bow back with my index finger, mm-hmm. um, and then I start laying because you know it's a four finger release uh-huh. um, or a three finger. I'm sorry. And then I start laying my middle finger and my ring finger into it, and I basically am basically triggering it with my with my wrist, right? Uh huh. Um, if I get hung up, and then I'll just kind of flex my shoulder muscle or pull back with my shoulder muscle to uh-huh. get that extra. Hey, go! You know, uh huh. Give it that little that little extra ten percent. Yeah, you kind of just kind of pull at mm-hmm. that point. You know, if 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 I'm ready and things aren't going. Um, rather than punch it, you know, I try and, uh, execute it by just, by just pulling harder uh-huh. by running through the, or rolling through the whole, the whole shot, I guess. Right. Um, John, do you, do you set your hinge? It, would you say it's set? I know you said from the click to fire is pretty hot, but over the, you know, if someone else picked up your hinge, would they say it's set hot or set cold? They, anybody who grabs it says, man, this thing's so hot. But that's just <laughs> because of my hand position when, when I pull. Because I'm pulling with my index finger. I have to set the moon all the way to, to the hot side, right? Right. Otherwise, when I get it back, I'm pulling or for days trying to just get to the click. Oh, you know? uh, dude, I'm right there with you, dude. The, I, I have a HBC, and I, I got this thing set. You know, everyone else says it's hot. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm rolling through a hole you know, five seconds of pull here to get it to go. It's not, right. <laughs> it's, yeah. not it's not no whisper, uh, you know, what they call a, a hair trigger for me, you know? Right. And I, you know, I, I, I set mine up to where as soon as I anchor my, I, I, my click clicks. 
Okay, cool. So, I've heard I'm not other guys yeah, I'm not really do this also. Yeah, I'm not really going through the triggering process and getting to the click. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a when I it's part of my anchor. You right. Know? You come as to anchor. I hit the correct anchor, my hand position when I'm in the correct hand position, everything is right at the click and it clicks and I know, hey, okay, we're ready to start. It's game time. Aiming, executing, you know, all that sort of stuff. So awesome. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard a couple like good shooters tell me that they set their hinges up very similar. Um, that's cool. There's something to that. I gotta, I gotta try that. Um, yeah. Cause if, to me, if you're, if you, if you, you pull your bow back and you start aiming and, and then you start working through the process and, and you're just trying to get to a click to me, that's wasted energy. Right. Um, you know, and, and lot and losing focus because you're focusing on a click instead of target at target acquisition. And right. You know, it's almost like sort of stuff. people that do it that way, they hit the click and then they do this, they go through that target acquisition aiming process a second time. It's like, Whoa, dude, what are you doing? Right, exactly. You're kind of starting over once you get to the click. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be even if it's only a second or two seconds. I mean, that's that's energy. Yeah, that, that you know. Yeah, it's energy. You're holding your setup. Your hold is essentially one or two seconds longer now, and right. it, and your shot success percentage starts to like, you know, I can just see it starting to go down. Um, I I shoot no click. I used, like a long time ago, I shot click when I was getting into the hinge. Like now I shoot no click, but I, I shoot it that same, you know, with that same thing in mind that you're talking about where it's kind of like, when it's time to go, it's time to go, you know, let's, let's get it rolling. And, uh, I kind of don't, I don't shoot a click for that reason that you were just talking about. Maybe because I don't know how to do it the right way. If, if that makes sense. Like I, the way you're explaining it, setting up your click where the click goes off at your anchor, to me sounds like something I want to do. It sounds awesome, and it sounds like something effective shooters do. Like you, you know, I've heard this before. So, right, yeah, you know, and you know, just like anything, you spend time with it, you know, and it just becomes part of your process, mm-hmm. um, and and it just becomes natural, right? You know, like you're not, it's just part of pulling your bow back and getting to anchor. Oh, there's the click. Okay. Now I'm going to start my, you know, it's right to me. It's just, it's just normal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a better way to explain it. It's just, well, no, it's just, it, it makes just sense. is what it is. You know, it just is. And you, um, you said you put work into it also. And I think that that's important. You know, that people know that it's not something you just up and doing. You, you actually put work in here. Right. You know, and, there's times when I'll be working with a new release or something and, and you get that off just a hair and say it clicks a little right before you get to anchor. I, shoot. I might end up with an arrow on the side of the house, just, you know, but then I, you know, you make the little adjustments yeah. and then, you know, you kind of train your brain that, okay, we're, this is where we're at. This is how far we have to go. Uh huh. And you, you're, you're training your, your brain as much as, uh, setting your equipment up right yeah yeah to acclimate and yeah get the program going right so right uh john for the 900 we uh-huh. did you shoot that with a hinge no i i would say i i really don't remember but um i would say no because 
the hinge is a recent is a recent development the for hinge you. is yeah about three years probably into the hinge so mm-hmm. anything prior to that was a was a carter target four thumb uh-huh. button. so okay yeah. you said that the way you got ready for that you hung a target at 60 and you started tightening your groups up what like um can you, can you walk us through like basically what that would what that is normally like when you say tighten your groups up are you talking about you know throwing volumes of arrows down down range and then just trying to acclimate yourself to the process or are you doing small adjustments here and there well for me because i'm a dot shooter mm-hmm. um when i get in on any kind of feet of face you know with the yellow red blue there's nothing to aim at mm-hmm. um for for me because i i like orange dots white dots black dots you know that are that are much smaller and the smaller the dot the tighter the group right mm-hmm. so basically the way i shoot like a 900 target is i don't use a dot in my scope i use a ring right which i'm sure everybody has seen or i actually have both i have a black ring and then i have a green fiber in the middle of that oh cool um, when i go to a feta face or you know a 900 100 what is 122 centimeter or something like that uh-huh um my ring basically matches where the yellow meets the red where the nine meets the eight uh-huh and basically i just have to train myself how much i can get away with how much movement right um especially at 60 yards usually when i go out there and the first day it's very disappointing. It's not a confidence builder at all um, <laughs> because I, haven't, I, I, don't, I don't favor that target, so I don't shoot it unless I'm trying to get ready for something. Uh-huh. Um, so it takes, a, you know, it takes a little practice to, to get my one, my, my bow arm to want to hold still on it, um, and two, training my brain that hey, you can't get away with much on this target. Right. Know? Even though that's a big 10 ring on that, on that face for the 900 you cannot get away with a whole bunch right of, it of, yeah mistake. it might be a big 10 ring but it is buried inside a bigger nine ring right yeah it's so easy to float one out in that nine and so yeah i know uh, exactly what you're talking about when you're saying you have nothing to aim at because it's like the, the 10 at, at that 60 yards you can't see the, the the 10 ring itself it's just yellow and yellow Right, you That's have to a big yellow blob, and I mean, we can all hit the big yellow blob, but you know, <laughs> yeah, there's two different scores in that yellow blob, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, you just practice aiming hard, um, and or, or executing middle, breaking shots middle, then right, breaking yeah. strong shots. I'd imagine is, is what you're focusing on, right? You know, and I, I this is the only time I'll compare myself to Tim Gillingham because he's, he's a beast, one of the best archers ever in my opinion. But, um, he just like me, my brain does not like center on center. When, uh-huh. when I center something or my say my pin sits in the middle of a spot, my brain freaks out. It does not like that. So mm-hmm. a lot of times it wants to go to nine o'clock or six o'clock, just, it does not want to go middle on middle. So when I'm using a ring on this yellow meets red, you know, and try and center everything up, it takes a little while for my, to teach my brain, Hey, yeah, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. Uh-huh. Um, 
if that makes sense. So no, it totally it takes, makes sense. Yeah, it takes me a little while to to make that adjustment and and teach myself, you know, just how how little mistake you can make and still catch a ten on that on that target that's that looks so easy up close, but you know, over the course of um, ninety arrows, you know, right, it can be very difficult. So, if you let it be, you know, if it can beat you, it can, it can embarrass you and send you home, you know, whimpering and sucking on your thumb. <laughs> so John, what do you shoot for? Do you shoot the ring and the fiber for safari also? Yeah, I shoot it for pretty much everything. For everything. everything. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I, there's a, a couple of my friends that have dabbled in the ring, but, um, I've never tried it myself, but it's always made sense to me because that thing you're talking about, not liking to be middle on middle, I know that feeling. And I've heard someone saying it's like you want to, like you sub, your subconscious wants to peek and make sure what you're looking at is still right where you, right where you saw it last. Cause when you cover it, there's this like uncertainty that enters your head. And I feel that same way. <laughs> so. Yeah. That idea of shooting a small hoop uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Like, it seems like a very viable thing. Uh, it's amazing to me that you got that to work so well on a feed of target. Yeah, um, I forget. You know, I don't know if you know the Gunstar reticles you can buy. Yes. They come in, you know, you get a pack and it comes with, I don't know, probably 20 different options and sizes and bold lines and thin lines and, mm -hmm. you know. But all of them are a, a ring with a dot in the middle. I used to use the black ring with a black dot in the middle. But when I started shooting more and more 3D, anytime you get on a black bear or a wolf or something with black color, I would just lose it. Oh, my, yeah. My dot, you know. So so I, I think it was, uh, I actually think it was like Jesse Broadwater that kind of showed that he had a drilled lens with a green fiber in it and then they put a ring around it and I thought, well, heck, maybe I'll have to give that a shot. So I, I kind of, I just ordered a drilled lens, you know, and I had some fiber and stuffed it in there and took my sticker, you know, Gunstar ring and it's mm -hmm. very difficult to get, get it centered on that drilled hole. Um, but once I got it right, I, I haven't turned back and that's been, that's been a few years ago. That's all. Well, what size um, fiber do you use, John? I believe it's like a 19. And oh, then cool. I actually, I actually even, you know, take a lighter or whatever and, and you put the heat close to the end, it kind of mushrooms it so it won't uh -huh. come out of that drilled portion. Yeah, kind of like a D loop. <laughs> like when you burn a D loop, it kind of like expands and makes a bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's probably, I don't know, it's, it's bigger than a 19 because started as a 19 and I, I swelled that end just so it wouldn't slide out. Mm -hmm. It's about a, I don't know, a half inch piece of fiber sticking in there. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah. I, I'm just, I just got a drilled lens. So, you know, I, you know, Blake Jerome also shoots a, a fiber and a drilled lens. So I was like, yeah, why not? I, I give it a try and see what, see what I'm yeah. missing out on here. Yeah. And it's a green fiber and I, there's nothing that we shoot that, that I lose my, my dot you know i may lose that ring because it's black mm -hmm. you know but it no matter what i'm shooting i'm either using the dot or the ring um you know if it's a uh if it's an orange dot that we're shooting in in fresno or redding or something like that 
I'll use the green fiber, but I'll also center the ring so that uh-huh. I'm, you know, it get, I'm more likely to be aiming at the middle of that dot as opposed to an edge. You better chance, you know. Right, right. You're, yeah, that makes sense. Right. I, I notice, I like I shoot just a tiny black dot on my lens, and <laughs> I on good days I know I can break. You know, I'm floating in the middle of a dot, but there are some days where I'm like. I'm breaking shots that are just <laughs> like, oh, uh, like just maybe creeping into the edge of a, <laughs> you know, I'm starting, right. to, I'm starting to break some crap there. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. no, that's, John, that worked great for me, that setup there as far as my, my scope. So, for the 900, you're talking about shrinking your groups. Do you do anything like, do you have the, the one thing that's on my mind a lot is like stabilizer weights? Do you have your stabilizer weight set in stone or are you like trying to shrink your groups by like adding an ounce here or taking an ounce off here? I don't do a lot, a whole lot of moving weights around. I, I feel like I've kind of found what's best for me. Uh huh. Um, and I kind of try and carry that. Like if I'm setting up a new bow, I'll, I'll just switch stabilizers and, and yeah, if I'm not holding as good as I think, then absolutely I'll mess with weight, move it front to back or back to front or add, add front, you know, that Uh sort of stuff for sure. Um, but it's usually an ounce here, ounce there. Um, normally when I'm tightening groups, my setup is, is good. It's just getting me one physically in shape to hold the bow still, Uh (laughs) you know, um, and mental preparedness, you know, just building confidence that, um, when you pull it back and put that dot on there and let it go, it's it. That's where it's going, mm-hmm. you know. And just knowing that when you pull back and aim at that thing, you are going to hit it. Right. You know, confidence. Right. Is, you actually is better than your setup, if you you know, in my opinion. Oh yeah. You know. That's some that's some wise wise stuff there that I think. Oh, I mean, I was just about to ask, like, well, what kind of weights do you run? But you know what you're saying is a hundred percent right. Cause everyone knows that weight setup for one guy is not going to carry over to someone else, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I pick up other friends or whatever bows and I'm like, man, this thing is cattywampus, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it works great for them. It's, it's balanced for them, you know, and it's I comfortable. Got, I got to pick up Mike Schlosser's bow once and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is retarded. Right. <laughs> but yeah, for the sake of conversation, do you run a lot of weight on your stabilizers or are you a lighter weight guy or, you know, what, what do I you have, prefer? I have a pretty heavy bow in comparison to other people. I, I run a, I have a four ounce weight that I just on the riser just uh-huh. for extra weight on the riser. And I have it on the right side because my back bar, I mounted out of the, the, the front stabilizer mount uh-huh. that hole. Um, and I have it come straight back. So it's basically at full draw, it's, it's basically right under my forearm, uh-huh. um, all the way back almost to my armpit. So it's a 10 inch bar, but I have, I think I have like 20 ounces on there. Okay. And then out the front, I have a 28 inch bar with, uh, I believe it's 17 out front. Okay. So not, not as much as, you know, some of those guys, but. Uh, that's, pretty, that's more than most stout bow, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it's more than most. Heavy. yeah um but i run off the, uh, that little four ounce off the right side of my riser because my 
my back bar, I can't go in towards the string anymore. And I don't want to get into a, a V bar setup. You know, I don't, I don't need that much off of that side to uh-huh. just kind of, you know, uh, to keep my bubble level. So right. that works right. for me. I just, I just, uh, put that weight low on the riser and yeah. And that helps keep everything level. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, do you do any, uh, like as far, how about as far as, um, tuning your bow i'd imagine like from the sounds of it you get your bow set up you know what feels good and then you just pound arrows until and and, you know you make the small mental adjustments to get where you want to be yeah Uh, what kind of oh i'm sorry sorry. go on john what were you saying i was gonna say i i when i set my bow up i basically set it up you know eyeball everything Mm -hmm. i'll bear shaft some some arrows through paper get Mm -hmm. that you know, air bear shaft and fletched, get a nice bullet hole going. And then I'll go out to 20 yards and, you know, shoot a group of, you know, fletched arrows and a bear shaft, get that where the bear shaft's hitting where the, the fletched arrow is. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, I just go and shoot. I just, just shoot and shoot and shoot. And whatever's wrong with the bow, it, it'll tell you, you know, it'll, you know, you'll have a, a rogue arrow or your groups won't be nice or, you know, uh-huh. long enough, you just have a feeling, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, my friends get frustrated at me because they ask me what to do. And I said, just shoot and you'll know, you know, and that's, <laughs> I guess that's not a very good answer. You know, <laughs> no, when no. A guy's, when a guy's <laughs> looking for advice on what to move or, you know, and, and uh, I just said, we'll just shoot it, you know, and, and no, that's actually great advice because anytime I've had that question to myself in the past, 200 or 300 arrows downrange it'll come to light like you, something will will reach out and smack you and say move this or take this off or right you know yeah i mean it's like yeah like i say i shoot you know a couple over a period of maybe it's maybe it's three days maybe it's a month and i'm shooting it and finally i just say man they just I, it's not me it's got to be you know move your rest to the to the right you know a hair or something you know mm-hmm. and i do that and i go Huh, wish I'd have done that a month ago, but you know, <laughs> um, it's just, it's just what works for me, you know? And, um, so I take it, I, John, you're not a guy that tinkers with his gear a lot. No, no. And that's, that's partly just laziness, you know? I just, well, uh, no, I think that's, that's, I would beg to differ. I think that's smart, smart shooting right there. Yeah. I just, yeah, just shoot it, man. That's what I tell my my buddies all the time. Just shoot the thing, and oh man, we'll, we'll figure it out. Just keep shooting. Wise know? words, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you do a little bit of bear shaft tuning, um, and then and then you just shoot it, uh, get it feeling good. What kind of arrow? Like, did you build an arrow specifically for the nine hundred, or was this the same as your field arrow? So most everything i'm a huge fan of the gold tip ultralight pros 400s really i shoot yeah i shoot that arrow for dang it everything you know i mean not not indoor and, or hunting but for any target stuff that's that's my go-to i love that arrow it's uh-huh. been good to me i've tried to replace it several times and while other arrows are you know as good as there hasn't been something that's come along and said, Hey man, I'm here to take the 
the right <laughs> spot, you know? Right. So I just stick with what works, you know? And um, I know a arrow. handful of people that still swear by the ultralight arrow. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I got way too many of them sitting around the garage here, you know, because I've just been shooting them for years and years. And that that's that's the arrow I, I shot for that. I know it. Uh, if you go to most ranges, if they have like a lust arrow bin, you can find a couple ultralights in there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they, they won't be pros, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I have a buddy and that's his like this his sole reason why that's his arrow now. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> he has an, <laughs> free arrows. Huh? Um, how do you set yours up, John? Like uh, what kind of point weight do you run? Do you, do you have like a, a point weight that you stick to for that arrow? Yeah, so I found that 120 grains up front uh-huh. has, uh, is is the ticket for me. Um, I run a, a, a AE uh, Max 2.0 vein, uh-huh. the low profile shield cut um, vein. I love that that vein. I, I in fact I did a bunch of testing last year with um, the new tax, you know, and then. Uh-huh. Uh, the q2 eyes uh-huh and they just again they they may be as good as but they weren't good enough to just knock off the aes so i stuck with what's worked for me for a long time and you know i run a pin knock an easton easton pin knock in it uh-huh and uh that's that's the arrow that's that's that been working for me for a long a, time that is a solid arrow i know uh, Paul Penrod won uh, senior pro um, in Reading last year with well, this year with that same same build like yeah. ultra, ultralight pro 120 grain point and uh, yeah I, I I do believe that is a legit legit arrow yeah like it it's been good to me that's you know? cool uh, and they're tough as nails you know I, yeah. For sure. What's your uh? What draw length do you do you have, John? Just a hair under twenty nine. Just a hair under twenty nine. Yeah, just a skosh. Um, yeah. Do you, do you cut your arrows to the blade, or do you run them like an inch or two out past your blade? Uh, they're probably half an inch long past my blade. All right. I think I'm right at about twenty seven on my arrow, something like that. I don't know even remember exactly somewhere around 27 overall and then um my other question for you would be how about for indoor well how do you set your arrows up for indoor so indoor uh gold tip Mm -hmm. triple x um yeah i gotta remember yeah gold tip triple x with uh 200 grain point Oh, that's a good formula right there. Are you going 30 inches or how long? I cut them two inches in front of the blade. Okay, 29 inches then is what we're looking at. Yeah, pretty much. 29 and a quarter or something like that would be close. That's what I'm guessing. Right right in there. And what kind of of veins do you run on those? I actually run feathers. Oh, cool. Yeah, four-inch feather. I used to run feathers also. Some of the best friggin' arrows I've ever had were feathers with 200 grain points. Yeah, um, it's been a, it's been quite a few years now, but I, I, I did some veins up on mm-hmm. some uh, on some X cutters uh-huh. and I just I, I wasn't feeling it. It just 
it it didn't work for me so i went <laughs> right. back to i went back to feathers and yeah anything indoor i i put feathers on it yeah so uh, i i do shoot the nine threes for um is the usa archery up there in tulare they yeah. put on up there yes sir yeah so we we were going to that years ago and i would shoot those those nine in fact before the nine three i'd go up there and shoot uh 22s really because gold tip didn't have a, a nine three or, or a 23 oh yeah so we'd shoot 22s for your nine threes are you also running a 200 grain point no that's uh i believe those are only gosh dang it's been a while since we've done that so i i think the combination on that was only about 125 130 somewhere in there oh interesting i i've heard some guys run if they're shooting a carbon 23 will shoot closer to like a like a field arrow type you know point weight you know right i know um i reached out to sean vincent a long time ago. i don't know if you know that name oh yeah um, um just on social media i i don't know him or anything like that but when i was setting up my 22s i asked him you know how much point weight and those guys were running 175 grains in those arrows for that usa stuff uh-huh. and i tried that and that was not good <laughs> um, so i i just bought a bunch of different size point weights and experimented and and 125 was where it was at for me so that's cool um, i've had so yeah I've had good luck with both. Uh, I've but it, both but different. I, I found that the 175 works great if I'm shooting an aluminum arrow, but if I'm shooting a carbon arrow, I kind of feel like you know going towards the 120 or 130. In my experience, I, I have a really short draw length, so I, I I feel weird like telling people what works for me because I feel like the short draw length is kind of like an anomaly. Whatever arrow works for you is just sheer dumb luck, you know? Right. So that's interesting. I feel like a guy with your draw length, it, the results will be more. I think other people have more similar results or more likelihood, you know? Right. right. So, John, for all my friends that are kind of new to archery that are about to shoot the state nine, are you going to shoot the state 900? No, I, no, I, uh, I got back to hunting. Yeah, <laughs> anything a- from. Anything from about now in August to, to the first of November is uh it's gotta be a pretty special shoot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so. I'm I'm like new to hunting, but I'm also in that boat where I'm like, oh god, <laughs> now it's time to get a deer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no but, then the, the state shoots, you know, it it's really too bad because you know, years ago the state shoots were, were huge, a lot mm-hmm. of participation. And it seems as though it, if you do go to a state shoot, the participation is way down and down here in South in Southern California, for sure. I don't know what it looks like where you guys are, but uh, it's, it's smaller, you know, like it's not, I mean, you'll see bigger out uh, turnouts for an outlaw event than a state shoot is what it seems like now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know exactly why that is um, because I think, well, I think like the state field, that's, that's just two days of a lot of shooting, you know? Um, yeah. But I'm not sure why people, why, why they don't do it. Cause it, you know, it, it can be a lot of fun. Um, it definitely tells you where you're at as far as, 
ability and talent level, you know, and, and where your shooting is. Yeah. Um, cause it makes you work for it. Um, but, what I think you're a rare breed of dude that likes to work for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not everyone likes to work for it. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I just love to shoot, man. I, you know, I, I, it just, I just love it. You know, I come home almost daily and shoot my bow just, and that just lets, you know, put your mind at ease. Don't think about anything and just, mm-hmm. just shoot, you know, and, and I don't care what we're shooting or where we're shooting. I just, I just love to shoot. So, so John, you practice almost every day then? Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, yeah. It's not so much practice. I guess you can call it practice, but for me, you know, it's, I do it. I drive to San Diego and back every day. So we spend about five hours a day on the road commuting, Damn. you know, and then, and then eight to 10 hours working. So when you get home, it just get out of the truck and just kind of let your mind just drain, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Archery takes me, you know, just helps me get out of this world for a minute, you know? Oh, dude. So, I, I totally, I've, I've very much said that it, it's like, uh, martial arts or you know meditating you know i don't think anyone can deny it's it's definitely on that level for sure for sure yeah so oh i'm sorry go ahead john what were you gonna say so i i tell my buddies i i try and shoot i don't care if there's times like say before church i only have time to shoot five arrows i go and shoot those five arrows in the garage you know while i'm waiting for my wife to put her final touches on and you know, and then there's other days where you can shoot 500. So <laughs> hell yeah, dude. I, I don't care if I'm, I love it shooting that much to where if I can get five arrows in while I'm waiting, you know, five minutes, then I'm going to do it. And if right. I have five hours that I can shoot, by golly, let's go do it. You know? so, <laughs> it is five more arrows than you would have gotten not doing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I just, I love it that much. So I just try and stuff it in every chance I get. Hell yeah. So, well, John, for the for the people that I have that listen that are kind of new or that are going to shoot the 900, what would you recommend they do to prepare? I know it's kind of like a weird question. I know, like, feel free to tell me to shut the hell up because I'm putting a lot on you here. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I, for me, preparation for any tournament is shoot, shoot the target you're going to shoot at the tournament. You know? Uh huh. If you so, don't have a, a 122 165 whatever centimeter target that 122 i was looking at one right here um if you don't have one go get one mm-hmm. you know or go to the um, field that's got one if, if if you know like i know around here there's a couple fields that just have them out uh, and i totally agree with you right get yeah, comfortable you know, shooting the face exactly you know and if you're going to shoot a vegas round go get a vegas target you know Oh yeah. Whatever tournament you're going to, go get that target for your for your practice. Um and then put the time in. You know, put serious time in. Um you're only gonna get out of it what you put into it. Um, oh yeah. So if I don't have time to prepare, then I'm not too upset when I go there and kind of choke, you know. Um <laughs> uh, uh, but if I do put all the time and I go choke, then you know, but I am upset. So. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I was, yeah. I was totally waiting for you to be like, "Well, at least you left yeah. it all out there," you know. Yeah, I did kind of set myself up for that one. But, uh, 
Oh man. Yeah. So that would be my biggest thing is just shoot whatever it is you're gonna you're going to uh practice on what you're what you're preparing to shoot for. Right. Uh, and then, then put in the time. Right. Um and then to me I do best when I'm relaxed, you know. Don't don't expect you know, I learned this from Jesse Broadwater as well. I heard him say one time, he said, I don't ever go to a tournament expecting to do any better than I do in my practice. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I, it opened my eyes because up to that point, I was going to tournaments thinking, oh, this this is going to be one of those days where I, you know, I just shoot like this madman that, that I've never seen before. I've never shot that good, but <laughs> I put on all this practice. I should do better once I'm under this pressure. Well, no, that's, that's silly thinking. Right. So, yeah. If anything, <laughs> pressure is going to take some points away right. from you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, so, dude, I, it's crazy you say that because every year in Vegas, I hear people going like, "Oh man, I, you know, I shot like a two eighty, blah blah blah." And it's like, "Well, dude, what are you shooting practice? You know what I mean? Right. Are you expecting them to come out here and bust out three hundreds in Vegas? Like, I heard, um, oh man, what's his name? Dan McCarthy said." He was on the bail next to me when the year I shot championship. And he goes, man, he goes, I haven't shot a nine in six months. And I came out here and shot two of them. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, dude. And, you know, that's a guy who's he's doing it for the paycheck, you know. Right. So, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yep. Well, yeah, that would be a big thing is don't, you know, just relax and just go there and, and shoot your average. Uh-huh. If you go there and shoot your average, then to me, that's, you're winning. You know? Yeah. You're, and and you'll eventually. Be in, you'll be in good hands. Yeah. Eventually your average is going to be, or it may already be enough to win, you know? Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah. John, do you do any blank bailing? Not much. No. Um, I don't ever do the whole close your eyes and, you know, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my blank bailing would be, I have like a, a block or a bag here in the garage and uh, I'll stand at five yards or four yards or whatever. Um, and just focus on shot execution and centering up the dot. I even put spots up there, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, just kind of work on that. And usually the only time I do that is when the weather forces me to. <laughs> you know i right. want to shoot but the wind's blowing or you know maybe raining or whatever so yeah um, I, I i'm with you man I, every chance i get i'm throwing a dot up if i can right when i was when i first kind of started with the whole target panic thing i was i was doing that um and i just found that i could get a perfect shot off with my eyes closed just squeeze squeeze until it surprised me and went off but as soon as I stepped out to 20 yards and had the target and was trying to hold on it, you know, and I just went right back to where I was, you know? Yeah. So, it, it, it kicks your body into a whole different, like it, yeah. it just changes everything. It's, it's the damnest thing. I, I feel like archery is, there needs to be more science <laughs> done to these shooters to figure out what the hell goes on. Yeah. And I, you know, I definitely, think it has its value for sure i mean oh, if nothing else it's building keeping your muscles built you know or maintaining and all that kind of stuff and, yeah and it, it definitely can't hurt you yeah i sure. 
that some really good. Sh- I know Blake Jerome is, uh, you know, a, a huge believer in blank bailing, and uh, Austin Watts is a huge believer in blank bailing. So it's those two guys have sold it to me where it's on my list, but I'm still, uh, you know, I I have a million excuses. So <laughs> as of right now, if I get a chance, I'm throwing a face up. So. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing about it is it's, it's rather boring. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, if I if I was if I was disciplined, you know, I I'd be a lot skinnier. You know. So, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Man. It kind of falls under that category, you know, the discipline factor. But, oh man. Yeah. Well, John, we we've gone a little over an hour. I'm sure you got to get to bed, man. I got to go uh, change a diaper, I think. But uh, oh, lucky you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know me. Um, yeah. But dude, I really appreciate you coming on and and uh, you know talking to me and talking to the listeners, man. It's it's really cool to meet you, and uh, I really look forward to seeing you out there, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, flattered that you would ask me. Oh, and, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude! Yeah, it was, it was it was fun. Hey, I'm flattered you'd come on the show, man. I'm I'm a uh, small potatoes here. I, I I don't know. It's just really cool. Anytime, especially you guys that have been around that have been winning stuff for a long time, it means a lot to me that you'd actually take the time out to you know to talk to me and talk to all the new shooters that are out here. You know? Oh, absolutely, man. Like I said, I just I love archery. So I mean, I eat, sleep, breathe it. Um, I love talking to people and new people and, you know, it, everything about it. So anytime, man. Oh, hell yeah. Well, thank you very much, John. Absolutely, man. All right, John Weaver, everyone. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.